It was oh, on the exact same time. That's oh, okay. why you couldn't even hear it because it was literally at the exact same moment. This one, it looked like on uh, my end. And we're, we're leaving this in because we always leave this shit in. It looks like this. Oh, you'll see the spike. It clipped right the fuck out, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome, everybody. Welcome to Murder Moose. I'm Rod. This is Josh. We are part of the Slashing Cast. Oh, podcast my God. He said it. Uh, he remembered. I said it. I I didn't say it last week, I don't think, because I we were, yeah, I don't know what the fuck was going on. It was, it was a celebration. It was a celebration. Oh, right. I was back so, from the dead, and now I'm yeah, getting help, and I'm yeah. on the right path to, uh, I don't know, this good I stuff, know. I guess? Good? I mean, it's... You guys have to laugh because we were originally Josh had decided at the end of the last episode we were going to talk about Pony Pool, and then I and totally forgot. And then on I think it was like Sunday, Josh messages me and goes, "Yeah, let's do uh, the Oak Room," and I'm like, "Oh, okay." And I didn't question it. I was like, I maybe I should have said what about Pony yes, Pool, but you I had should it. have right then and there because I, I would have been, "Oh, right, I totally <laughs> did say that." But you didn't say a fucking thing, so we just watched the Oak Room now, and yeah, that's on me again, but uh, who cares? Dude, but this, is the, this is the I, first week I'm sober, so maybe this won't happen anymore. Who fucking knows, man? I mean, I think both of us have super ADHD, and I, I, I don't think that... I think that like once we're done recording, we're like our brains go off to other planets, and when we remember what movie we were watching, I'm at least happy. Um, yeah, it's... <laughs> It's it's funny because you picked you replaced one Canadian movie with God. This movie is super all, Canadian. Like, <laughs> this movie they would have like if they were drinking Molson and like eating bags of Timmy's, it would have been like about the only way you would have made this more Canadian. Well, no, there's a Molson like, export like light up sign in the background the entire time as well, and yeah. it, I, I was. I didn't think I could be surprised how much a movie could be Canadian. And this one yep. actually surprised me with the like, oh, yeah. And then they went off to Winnipeg and stuff. I was like, oh, I love it. I just love it. I love it so much. I I didn't know that I was so patriotically Canadian until, I don't know. The, the I got to say this, man. Black oh, Fawn hey. Films is the best uh, production house making horror films in Canada right now. They know how to light a fucking movie and make it oh, look, yeah. holy shit, really, really, really good. Like, all their movies, yeah. and I love the that it's in their universe, too, because on the at, the at the main bar, the first bar, not the Oak Room, they have one of yeah. their movies up on the shelf, Bed of the Dead, and I'm just like, I love those little, like, Kevin Smith things where he's got Buddy Christ yeah. in other movies and stuff. I love yeah. shit like that, and to see yeah. Black Fawn guys, like, just getting to go at it. That's fucking rad. Let's yep. get into it, that's, man. The Oak Room. That's what I... I always like when Quentin Tarantino does his, like, yeah. his cigarettes. Like, the apple... There was it, like, apple... What are they called? Like, uh, and uh, when I was, like... Newport or something? I don't know. No, there's, like... He's got some brand called, like, Apple something. Like, and they were, like, in all his movies. I know this only because when I was in college and I was smoking, I had, like... I got a Quentin Tarantino, like... It was like an Apple whatever cigarette case that was like, and it might have been a wallet, but it was like, it was like a metal case that I think I was like, oh, this is for cigarettes. Fuck whatever. Whatever. 
any of the thoughts here. This is for cigarettes. Um, yeah. So, dude, I, I one thing I was sitting there and I'm like, yeah. So this movie came out in 2000 and well, it's not even out yet. Actually, it comes out on demand uh, on the 27th. So. That's why I switched my. I've been waiting for this movie. I know the Black yep. Fawn guys and everything they do. I I'm obsessed with now. Like I met them when they came to Calgary with uh, "I'll Take Your Dead," and uh, yep. the main antagonist in this movie, uh, played by Ari Millen, Michael, the the like bad guy guy. He was in "I'll Take Your Dead," and that's the first time I saw him. Now yeah. in this, wow, he is fucking good, man. Like he, yeah. he plays that like villainous, like wow. I can't wait to see yeah. more of him. And another reason I really, really wanted to check this one out is I'm a massive, like beyond massive Breaking Bad fan. When Breaking Bad yep. ended, I had already watched the entire series twice and watched it a third time with my wife because she hadn't seen it. And then when yeah. it was gone, it was a huge void in my life. That is now filled yep. with Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul, which is amazing. But to see a movie because I haven't seen R.J. Mitty in anything, so I was really intrigued yeah. to see him play some other character because I I loved him in Breaking Bad. So yeah. But that with that being said, though, the 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 first scene like you're introduced to these characters, and for like the first twenty minutes of this movie, all I could see was acting. Like both yeah. characters were just acting and i i don't yeah. want to see acting i want to see yeah a movie and blah blah, blah. but I, I i feel like they've they kind of by maybe like the 30 minute mark on we're kind of more into their characters and i i you know it it, it got a little yeah. better from there but that first it, 20 minutes was a struggle i was like this is not the greatest this is kind of clunky in the I, I don't know the the power struggle between the characters was a little wonky because that guy was yeah. just really angry, but it was yeah. acting angry, and it didn't feel like he was actually angry. For, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, man, I, again, I, I don't know if this is a, uh, is this, like, is this, are Canadians just bad at being angry? I don't know. Like, uh, <laughs> no, but the it's funny because I think that there's this... They might they might have tried too hard for the like that mystery feeling at the very beginning of this movie, like you're talking about that. And I like how it unfolded I, uh, for sure. Like the, yeah, when you yeah. finally get to the points that are being yeah. that need to be made, it's a really cool like unveiling of the story and stuff. I'm like, oh, I okay. Just just so it's prefaced here, this movie is about two people in a bar talking about stories, and then it goes to a different bar, and two more people are talking about stories. So it's just yep. people telling stories, and that it gets a little yeah. repetitive. And and at yeah. one point, there's actually he's telling a story, and it goes to the story, and then there's an inception point where he's telling a story within his story. And I was like, they're doing a flashback within yeah. a flashback. What the fuck is going on here? Like, yeah. there there wasn't enough action going on in the bars until the action happens in the bar, yeah. which is awesome when it happens. But to get there was a little bit of a uphill battle it, a, a little bit. It, it gave me that they, it, I, the movie that I had kind of vibes of while I'm watching this was kind of like the usual suspects because <laughs> okay. the usual suspects, yeah. because they're sitting there telling these stories. Right. And this movie doesn't like ever go into that, like over the top crime drama, but it's a what much more intimate crime kind of like mystery like like that's what i appreciate about the indie feel of this though like that that quaint feel you could tell yeah like 
or not tell. This is a, a budget constrained movie for sure. And this yep. is the classy way to go around a budget constraint instead of yep. like trying to accomplish more than you can with a budget. This is the like yeah. the classy way to yeah. do it. Yeah, they they stayed in their wheelhouse and they did this where they have two real settings, right? It's like the, I mean, I guess you, you could kind of say that like there's the third setting of the, the pickup truck at the one point in the movie. That was my favorite story it, by far. Yeah. The dad telling yeah. that story, he yeah. killed it. I felt it. Yeah. He, the emotion within it and like the, the hell moment yeah. and stuff, that was creepy. Like he told yeah. a story and I felt like creeped out by it and that was yeah. that was really well done so the thing I, with this movie and i was i was wondering and maybe you have an opinion on this whole thing i i feel like that there were they were trying to i don't know i don't know how much i want to spoil this movie in general because it, it's it's still coming out right it is there there seems to be with the beer drinking in this movie specifically that uh connecting Steve's character who's RJ Matt was it Maddie is it, I don't know if it's Maddie or Matt um from Breaking Mitty. Bad the son Mitty he who who is really has I don't I forget what's what I forget what disease he has but he's he he's a real life <clears throat> I don't know if he says what he has but he really has whatever he's not playing. He's like he's got a real disease, right? Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things that he played on Breaking Bad and like Breaking Bad. He used like they might have been playing it up they a little bit. They played it up a lot was, more. Yeah, yeah he's, they, he's they were using. Bad. Yeah, um, but you could tell like it, it's his speech patterns mostly they get affected, right? And uh, they there. I think that there might be an overwhelming pattern here where they're like not overwhelming pattern, but they're trying to set this guy up as. <sighs> Did you get the? Uh, were you the? Was I the only one who kind of got the the thing that they were trying to infer that that he that character might have been the other character during the movie, like the the, the I, one in the scenes. That's I don't know, and that's why I love how it ended because now I yeah. we we could have a really long conversation. Like again. I got to say one thing first and foremost. This movie is only an hour and 34 minutes. Fucking hallelujah yep. for me, man. Like I just my yep. ADHD and the times the the amount of fucking time I've had to put into some movies lately. Like not just the yeah. ones for this show, but like I really wanted to see Justice League in 4 hours. Like I ended up liking yeah. it, but calm the fuck on, man. Like you don't have that much time yeah. to watch a movie. An hour 34, it's like give me a nice a nice light snack. This is it. It's yeah. indie. It it's definitely like worth a watch with that length, these characters, and just the amount of Canadian isms that there is in this movie. I, yeah. I you know what? Like, I, there, I, there are faults that I have with this movie, but overall, yeah. I, I have to like applaud what they ended up, uh, you know, accomplishing here. This yeah. is uh, it's yeah. beautiful. Like those, I don't know. Yeah. I, I love cinematography. Like what they did with every car scene in this movie, like on the weird angles off the side of the car, following the car, it all looked so sinister and really yeah. cinematic. And you, I don't yeah. know, like I don't, you don't overly see yeah. uh, that well of like, you know, cinematography in a lot of indie movies and stuff. So I, I just overly yeah. appreciate their package. Well, dude, 
I mean, you were talking about it. The scene with the fathers telling the story about when he hitchhiked, like they they make that they make that scene eerie. Two ways. One is that the the voiceover where like while you're not seeing anything happen, <laughs> right? You're just getting what the father telling the story, like, and like you're seeing what was happening. But two, they don't show the the, the driver that's Ever. like this and kind that of makes yeah, it so much more sinister. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like the sitting there because it's not like a normal guy. It's not like you can let your imagination go and you could bid it because like it it ends up the way that story ends up is is creepy and it it obviously affected this guy and it affected him. This looks like 20, 30 years later, right? That like he had this experience and it's like, it still rocked him to his core because like, again, this is like them and telling stories to tell stories. And like, it's a, there's so many questions I have though. What did he find in the basement? Like that is a a huge question that never gets answered right like that has to that has something to obviously do with the end of the movie and why things are happening but yeah it it, the the open yeah is 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 pretty well they they have they they leave that door open in the basement right and it's Mm. like when he goes down in there and you're like well that's that thing where it's like okay so was somebody in here and then there's the whole like like why is why is this uh i mean the whole phone call thing right the phone call at the beginning of the movie there's a phone call at the very very beginning of the movie that is driving a time there's a time constraint plot which is another thing that keeps it in that tight 90 minutes you're talking about because uh the bartender who is he was i think re- uh, i don't know yeah. i i really wanted i i didn't understand just the sheer amount of anger, like you t- kind of realize because he, uh, you f- you figure out why there's so much anger, but the, the just the like the pacing of their their conversation and the movie between R.J. Mitty and Paul yeah. were were was a little clunky to me. Like I, I felt yeah. like, and when you figure out at the end, like R.J. holds a lot more power than it's let on and whatever. But yeah. he, he's begging him to listen to a pointless story, essentially. And it's like, why are you yeah. begging him so much to pay attention to you when you hold all the cards type thing? I, I really well, because don't understand like, I how think he's that, acting so pathetic when he... Well, because he I think there's a, thing, there's a thing with power in this movie where it's the information... Knowledge is power is basically, essentially, like when... He's hold- this this character knows uh, RG uh, Mitty's characters knows that this guy has contempt for him. He has a he's he's this kid who went off. Well, he's one. He's pissed off the kid left because he went to college, um, but then he dropped out and then was doing whatever. And there's drifting. questions when you yeah drifting. But then you start going there. There's a left a note left out that like like this question left out that was this guy actually. Did he quit college because he he got connected to the Canadian mafia crime family? Yeah, mafia or whatever, whatever the Canadian mafia is, where they hijack <laughs> mooses like and the shit like that. Hell's Angels, I would assume. Yeah, or something. I mean, like that. It's because it's there's a there are these they're running threads throughout the movie where there's at the very end, and it's again I kind of talked about it, you you wonder. If this character in these stories, who's played by another actor, um, Ari Millen plays Michael, is he is so question, good, I, dude? Yeah. He was the best he goes, in this movie by far. Yeah. He fucking killed it. He goes, 
he he goes he that guy tr- uh, switches from like oh hey friendly oh hey yeah. oh i'm gonna you want to talk here a yeah. eh? and like but like he he has that thing where he's not he never comes across as overly fake he comes across as a kind of like cautious optimistic like like cautious like t- rundown bartender who's been working all night and you learn as the movie goes on you learn more about why he's there and what he's doing there and you go and eh. i love oh it. okay I, that's the part yeah. well, that's the that's the whole movie is hinging on that scene yeah essentially yeah. and i love yeah. that reveal and i just i love that it was him because his eyes are something else like he he can do yeah. some crazy things with his eyes to tell like the yeah the anger and stuff i i really appreciate yeah. like yeah so the thing that doesn't make sense with me if 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 say the, the michael character the bartender in the oak room if he isn't actually steve i don't actually get how there's this bullshit uh, equation given out of how this story is being told and it doesn't actually make any sense. If you think about it and think about how how uh, Steve tells the story, you go, so this event happened and there was someone was just in the corner of the bar. Yeah, but, but the, the bar was locked. Kept, the camera kept panning to behind the bottles during the situation. Yeah. And I, I kept yeah. asking, well, why are you like, are you not wanting to show that the prosthetic looks too fake? Why why are you keep uh, blocking the camera with these beer bottles? I loved that you realize yeah. that it's because someone was a third eye blind there, right? Like, or blind, third yeah, eye I, watching. Yeah. Well, that's, but the thing is, and maybe, okay, so the story is told as this guy, well, Steve tells it that this guy got decapitated or something like that. And you go, but how, the the the, the Michael character doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me how this character would have ended up, you know, out of it. You know what I mean? That's the biggest question I had with this whole movie. It's like, it's it's kind of like a game of telephone, right? It's that whole because every Purple piece of information, <laughs> yeah. Well, every piece of information in the story is held there between the everything outside of the conversation between uh, Steve and Paul is secondhand, right? Every single piece of information. It's these two people telling a story, and it's like a thing where did it's he goose the, it? How, did he goose it up? Yeah, you don't know. Yeah, did yeah. he goose it to the audience? Yeah. We don't know, right? Like. Yeah. Well, that and that's what like the whole Paul character is like this whole thing is that you got to jazz up a story because he's a bartender. Bar- Paul owns I don't know if they said the name of the the first bar, but so Paul was like best friends with uh with uh Steve's dad. Um and Steve like and also may have driven Steve's dad into his grave by 100% like 100% with the bottle. Like yeah. he, you, when they cut back to when he's telling the story there is a guy completely trashed and he's giving him another yep. beer, right? He's like, should I call your dad to collect you? And he gives him another beer yep. anyways, right? Like he's yep. enabling this small town into their graves, essentially. Yeah. Well, dude, that and that dude is such an, that's the weird thing about all of it, right? Because that, that dude is like the, the thread between these stories. And I'm like, what? Like it doesn't, that was a little thing that I'm like, huh? So they're, they're just like, yeah, but it sounds like it these, makes sense because the whole movie is about, people in bars right so it has to be yeah. that type of character that is the string that yeah. you know holds it all together yeah it's uh it's 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 interesting because it's the whole thing where it's like the whole movie again it's it's that whole movie of of when you literally 
I do approve of when movies make you sit there and question the reliability of characters, right? Like because there, especially when characters are providing the information, like it's not told from a from like like oh this camera is just following this person around. It no, there's like it's these two people are sitting in this bar telling a story and every piece of information you get out of them is from these two. Um I love at one point where you you find out that that Richard character from the beginning who came in with the fancy suit and everything. She's like, "Well, what yeah. happened to him?" Like it comes and cuts back to the the story and then it goes back. "Oh, he got his head smashed with it." You know, I was like, "I love yeah. when it like goes back and forth. It felt m- more yeah. I don't know. They found the the tone and the pace a lot better towards the end of the movie and it was a slower yeah. burn with like really good cinematography. Like well, the, the opening bit of this movie, it doesn't showcase who the people are. It showcases the bar in a really like beautiful way yeah. with nice lenses and shallow depth of field and like showing his routine through like really Dutch angles and weird stuff. And I, yeah. I overly, overly like, yeah. I, I fucking love that shit, man. Like I, I eat mean, it it's, for breakfast. I mean, when you're doing a, when you're doing these small bar rooms, right? Like, you have to be creative. You have to be creative with how you're shooting it because if you're not, you're sitting there and you're like, uh, it's like a boring shot. It's like you're taking apart like, you have to like, B roll. Like, give me all the B roll. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you sit there and you have to be like, there's so much like, I think of I think of Office Space right, like flare. Like these yeah. both the both totally. these bars have just random shit stapled all over the like. What's it like? Something about fuck off on like one of them has like <laughs> yeah. a sign in the wall about fucking off and shit like that. And it's like it's total bar. I love it. Yeah. It's that thing where it's yeah, it's, it's sitting there and you're going, man, the, these both feel like real lived in places. They feel like these are bars that are like they could have been and, well, totally, right? Like we don't yeah. well, probably to be honest. I, it, they probably are, yeah. Right. They probably they probably paid uh some bar and they I bet you they shot this fucking thing in the middle of the night after these bars closed it, like man. for yeah. I, I, because I, that's I could probably look into that very easily. I follow two of the producers on Facebook, Twitter, like the yeah. Yeah, they've talked about this for a long time, and that is literal reason why we are talking about this right now. It has been in my wheelhouse. If something and I'm excited about, and all of a sudden I get can get my hands on it, it's like ah, I gotta watch it. So (laughs) Pontypool can be for another week. Yeah. Well, the thing, man, is it's uh, I I think, man, this it's taking such perfect like advantage of Canada, right? It's sitting there and like this whole thing is happening during these. There's like horrible snowstorm and so just a typical Tuesday, you know. Yeah, typical <laughs> Tuesday here, and and a the it's happening a week after another terrible <laughs> yeah. snowstorm, and it's it's funny because it's like there's like the one American character in this movie is the big black guy who uh, who who obviously was who also seems shady. Like that character seems shady the entire he didn't time say too. Anything it's like, about his fucking cut hand ever. Like, yeah. why are you being so shady, man? But that, yep. uh, that's where I was, because like you said, man, like knowledge is power in this movie and they hold everything back and everyone is beating yep. around the bush. And I was getting annoyed by it at the beginning yep. because it took so long to get to the first yeah. inside of a bush type thing. And I was just like, yeah, yep. come on. But they do it on yep. purpose, right? You're supposed to feel yep. that way because that's how these characters what? feel because they're not supposed to let on what the fuck is going on because everyone's in a yep. really 
fucked up situation right now. Yeah. Well, it's that it's that tension of uh of not knowing. It's that tension of which one of these characters and and this happens more than once because these characters get moved around like in in different scenarios, but like it's you start off the movie where it's oh, the bartender uh Paul's like Oh, he's got all the power, and he's the angry one at Steve. Who Steve's this jackass who went off and left, and who couldn't even make it back to his own father's funeral, and like he owes a bunch of money. And you start going, they don't. And what I do approve of it, it seems like, it seems like Steve's a little. I mean, or, or Paul's a little shady too, because it seems like there's this dude who might be a loan shark, or like so everyone's connected to shady motherfuckers in this movie because there's like. The, the when Steve shows up, there's this phone call or this guy, and the, by the end of the movie, you, you don't know who this phone call actually if it happened or it was just a bluff. You don't know anything, and you're sitting there going, "Well, is is this Paul dude that runs that owns this bar? Is he like running around and like kind of shady, but not? He's just kind of shady, and because like, Steve is sitting there and he went off to college and owes a bunch of money." a lot to do with his father's funeral and you're not quite sure. And Steve doesn't look, Steve doesn't even seem all that upset that his father died. He just seems kind of like, he's like, he's like, Oh, well, I mean, it doesn't like seem, he's like there for the ashes. Yeah. There's no remorse whatsoever. To be honest, I don't know he, why he came back at at the end of it. Like, why was he there to be just to collect his father, I guess. But is that, no, no, that's see, that's that's the reoccurring thought in the thing here in this. We're I, it's spoilers in, in I think the, we've, the fact we've, that I there's the yeah, bunch of little yeah. tidbits that we've yeah. already put out that I think so, are in spoiler territory. So yeah. I think we're just uh, yeah, uh, I mean, gonna have to do it. Rip the bandaid yeah. off. It's spoiler well, time. So, well, <laughs> the thing is, the what I got from the end of the movie was that the uh, Michael character played by Ari Millen wasn't Michael. That was Steve the entire time. The, the, Steve I thought was that the one, too, but then at the very, very end, someone in an exact same hood uh, that that Ari was wearing comes up to the front door, and that's when it ends. So yeah, Michael so that is there been... to collect on the fuck up that Steve was talking about because every uh, but, but... there's like there's Moose Lake, there's Elk Lake, there's Moose Jaw Lake, there's Moose Jaw yeah. Ballsack, there's murder moose lake there's you know yeah. like <laughs> this is but the, canada the thing is, so they all exist yeah <laughs> yeah oh and i understand that but the thing that like i was there has steve has to have a connection to that this this michael character then because the bullshit that that's what again, i'm thinking that, too man and that's yeah. why again i love that it ends and you i i've said it several times whenever a movie ends with a big title in your face fucking a give me a fucking a yeah. fucking a yeah canada and <laughs> And you're sitting there at the end, you're like, oh, okay, so our twisted, fucked up minds can take us to whatever place they want to now, and it's way worse than anything they could show. And again, this this movie has violence, but it it's actually pretty restrained, most of it, for, like, it's inferred in, like... It, uh, there's, like, one pretty fucked up act of violence in the movie, yeah. and that is... The whole movie that hinges is, on it, yeah. Yeah. I mean... The the Michael character, that's why like he goes completely you were talking about it, he goes completely from like it's like Hannibal Lecter where he, he seems like this normal dude and then just goes fucking psychotic on but someone. The story it's, it's, he chooses to tell too about how the cold doesn't affect him anymore and like 
Yeah. Like, the, yeah. I, I liked his story because, like, it, it dripped out and, like, it, it, it got to a different point that you didn't think he was going to make to the other character in the end about being yeah. a pussy. It's like, don't be a fucking yeah. pussy, man. Get your shoes on and get the fuck out of my bar, man. You're a piece of shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, dude, this is Canada, man. Put on a jacket. Yeah. <laughs> That's that you know what that right that was very 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 inspired by the the Clarice story from Silence of the Lambs is the vibe yeah it's it's the 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 she hears the the lamp the lamb crying in the middle of the night and she tries to run off with it and this character goes off and he he has to his dad tells him to get rid of his like stillborn dead yeah yeah. And then you go, oh, okay. And this motherfucker is a psychopath. Be- maybe not a psychopath, but it's like you well, see that. But he, no, because he, of the, the 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 way he was raised by his dad. It, it's it's straight yeah. judgment from his dad that he is scared of, and he doesn't want to disappoint his dad because he knows the repercussions of that are ten times worse yeah, than becoming yeah. a fucking lunatic essentially. Yeah. Like he would probably go yeah. in there and get beaten half to death by his dad if he brought that. Yeah, pig back there's. In. There's a reoccurring theme of of father son relations in this movie and what it can do and what it can mean and what it can do to both ends of things because I think they're kind of inferring that the uh, that Steve leaving might have been the last straw in pushing pushing his father over the edge, edge of just yeah. complete alcohol. Well, because when you hear his dad's story, he admits that he pretty much was doing everything for his son and he feels like he hasn't accomplished enough and he's a failure right so it's uh it's a that i think that's why his story was so because you could feel the emotion and he he acted it really well and his story just it had a a lot of like uh just emotion attached to it like yeah yeah well the other other emotions other than like being a psychopath and snapping a piglet's neck (laughs) or something like well yeah, it's it's the uh, his father was like he, 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 just a man who's been broken down by life. Like he he, it's a very very relatable thing. As as I know, you and I both get older. Where he's going, he's going. Well, man, I thought I I thought me working my ass off was gonna get me somewhere. I thought that that like being good and doing this and owning this business and I'm literally or, in his shoes own, right now. It, I think that's why it, I fucking, it, <laughs> I'm just like, well, yeah. fuck. It's, it's that being beaten down by life thing. And yeah. it, dude, we live in this world now where it's like one is you get older, you just not saying we feel like that, but it's that thing where you sit there and you go, you've been through so much shit and you know, in life, it, life can wear you down, but it's like not saying you're like turning into an alcoholic, but no, this no, guy, no. You, you're turning into what, this guy, you can see and understand that this guy has just been broken by the world. And you go, oh, okay. And it's like Steve character is a kid who we don't know 100% where he's been, what he's been. And this doesn't, he doesn't seem to be affected by this. He's like, yeah, okay, whatever. My, I just want my father's ashes. But you go, but why did you really come here? Because again, we go back to, did he? Did he call this dude? I mean, did he call this Michael character? Did he go, oh, I know, I. It's it's the it's the amount of questions and what was and you know what else it could have been. You know what what they could have told that I don't know. I just kind of thought of what if what if Steve was the one in the corner of that bar the whole time. 
That's like what Steve I, was there. That's what I thought too, right? Because he is, and how would he know this story? And again, you said the credibility of it, but he did just come through town. And if someone had gossip like that, they would be fucking telling everyone, right? Like, yeah. So at yeah. the same time, the small, the small details that he say about like, there's a lot of snow. There's like we're fucking in the butt fuck middle of nowhere, and the police yeah. are. They don't know what the fuck to do. We're in the buttfuck middle. We're a small town. This does this shit doesn't happen. You don't find a decapitated yeah. person in a small town for no reason. So little town yeah. cops are probably like, uh, there's not a cat stuck was... in a tree. This is like real something. I don't know yeah. what to do. Well, I mean, and there's more snow now. Like, uh, fuck, yeah. get a shovel, dude. I mean, we just did memories of murder, and there was the same kind of thing. Was these small town cops have no fucking yeah, clue totally. when this kind of sh- the shit hits the fan? Where it's like that middle of nowhere. These people aren't used to like the insane shit happening that happens in both. I mean, that movie and this movie. I mean, the the events in that are way more extreme, especially since it's based on a true story. But it's yeah, like, totally. yeah, if if they, I wish someone I knew that goes, going in, man. I still wish yeah. I knew that. Well, actually, I don't know. Yeah. To be honest, yeah. who knows? It might have changed something in a bad way. To I be, depending. I feel like if we knew it was going in, we both would have known that the guy wasn't caught when that movie was shot, and it would have been like you would have been like, oh no. You know, okay. you, the ending would have the ending might have made less sense or been like less rewarding than it was, right? So yeah, okay, no, I, I like I like how we watched it because that was fucking yeah. fantastic. They're, it's yeah. on a Criterion collection now. I I saw. Yeah, yeah, I, I watched a uh, I watched a YouTube video the other day and it was uh, the director just talking about it and it was funny. It was like they were asking him uh, questions in English and he he's obviously didn't need translation from the questions. Like he understands English, but like, and he would answer in English a little bit, but then he, it was just like, he couldn't speak Korean, like English, like he could a Korean. So he would go off and go like machine gun answers out. (laughs) Um, and it was pretty entertaining. Uh, the, uh, I, I think that it's, it's interesting because the, I think this movie is like, when it comes to horror, it's more of the, uneasy feeling that you get when you're watching this whole movie because it's unsettling it, 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 for it was, sure they got yeah, the score yeah. right and yeah. uh the the push-ins very slow and the it's like yeah. that slow burn of mystery uh suspense we, for sure what's that thing with steve is i think that's why they uh they uh picked uh rj midi or like when when why they hired him or they put him in this role because the character with that that speech impediment is like comes off as unassuming right and it's that thing where it's like it's totally unassuming the entire time until the end i was just saying but that's why i was so confused once you are you learn that he pretty much holds all of the cards and he is the power in power yeah why he was acting so powerless yeah i mean it was like well by the end paul is like paul's like knows Paul's pretty sure there at the end of the movie, it seems like that he's about to get murdered. It seems like Paul was a, might've been a, uh, might've been ratting on some people about like to avoid jail time at some point in his past. And, uh, not only did Paul like do this, but then, then like, uh, this, this poor motherfucker that, that runs into Michael earlier, uh, got fucked up and, got his head sawed off like while he was still alive. That's that's the mo- one of the most brutal killings yeah. I've ever seen in a movie that's like that's like realistic. It's not like Jason Voorhees like 
ripping your heart out of your chest while it's still beating kind of shit. This is like well, it's this the is like something weapon too. The hacksaw. Yeah, that is a fucking yeah. brutal weapon to use oh, yeah. on someone. Dude, and the sounds you, were fucking yeah. great too. Yeah, because they don't show anything. Yeah, <laughs> like oh. at some point you, at some point you see the head like later on, but yeah. like it's. Have you ever hacksawed something before? Yes. It, those things are just like. They're usually cheap, and they're like they get snagged on shit like yeah. real easy. <laughs> yeah, and you're like yeah, and you're like and then your hand like wiggles funny because you're like like trying to like pull it through. And I just imagine like that getting into the the neck and like the the, the mm-hmm. fucking spine. But because just, they're like, not showing it, they're showing it from the perspective of yeah. the person watching from the other side of the room. So you see the bar, yeah. and he's doing it behind the bar, but you see his arm yeah. coming up and like. You know yeah. the the actions happening and stuff, and it, it's enough, and it it yeah it, it yeah, sells it it's, for sure. It, it's enough for it's like again no again I love gore in in movies. Don't get me wrong. It's but this is it just sells you to the fact that again say it. I think every single episode, my mind will fucking go to weird, more fucked up places than anything you could ever show me on screen. Like and that's it, why it will I love happen. The classy approach every time. Like always, yep. man. Yep. And the classy approach and also is cheaper, let's be honest. 100%. It's 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 like But if you can do it at a high level, it it yeah. turns out ten times better in the end in my eyes. If you have a, a, a second unit that is ran by like Nicotero, like I said in the past, then he becomes yeah. a director himself, right? Like he got so good yeah. at being a director for gags that Boom! Now he's a real yeah. director, right? Like you gotta. Yeah. He knew his craft, and he knows that. And like in Canada, there's probably not a lot. Well, I know in Calgary, there's only like two, but they're not the greatest or anything, or like going to be at Hollywood level. Yeah. Or well, I guess they are in like Fargo, the TV show and stuff. But like, I mean, for smaller budget movies and stuff, to get yeah. like crazy special effects and everything, it's got to be kind of hard. I mean, yeah, it's like I I think a lot of Americans or a lot of people like would think of when you think of Canada in film shooting, it's often just like, Oh, we're going to go up to Vancouver from like, you know, these like CW. I think a lot of CW, CW shows, shows all of them are in Vancouver. There. Yeah. They have the exact yeah. same backdrop. <laughs> yeah. It's all like it's a flash and mm-hmm. Batgirl and all that stuff are all there. And it's just, so it's like that thing where you're, it's, we've watched some cool ass fucking, uh, Canadian movies. And this, again, this is, I, this this movie is one of the more like limited sets of any movies I've ever. Well, like I think of, like really, I think of like things like did, Saw. Did you the watch original. Harpoon? Did we watch Harpoon together? Oh, that would no, be we a, didn't watch Harpoon. Dude, Harpoon was the movie that Black Fawn Distribution uh, sponsored my twenty four hour um, cancer stream yeah. and sent yeah. me a bunch of copies of Harpoon because I just watched it and it's uh it's again they they only tackle movies that. The setting is in either one place, a small set, but they do it yeah. so fucking well. Harpoon, man. I would love to talk to you about Harpoon. You were going to love fucking Harpoon. Yeah. It is so yeah. funny and so well done, too. I, I yeah. just, I adore these guys, man. I'm so happy that I, I got introduced and that shit like this is happening in Canada, man. That makes, yeah. that, that gives me a hope yeah. for a direction in my potential movie career moving forward and yeah. and like I, I i'm i'm just obsessed that i'm in canada and that i could potentially uh, know yeah. or work with some of these people in the future would like Dude, make my life man 
Yeah. Well, dude, look at it. I think of I think of all the time. I think of Kevin Smith with Clerks. I think of Quentin yep. Tarantino with with res, uh, with, with Reservoir Dog. Dogs. Oh, yeah. And you just think of these people with these really really limited scopes of movies. I mean, fuck. Even like even Robert Rodriguez like went mm-hmm. and like everything like, he does is he does it in his backyard I, man he built yeah. a huge warehouse green screen studio just to do all the spy kid movies from his backyard like that yeah. is fucking punk rock and diy fucking heaven to yeah. me man like that is so cool yeah. keep doing what you're yeah. doing robert like that's sick yeah i'm not well robert rodriguez i don't know like has as he's done more like I'm always a little more iffy with it, like his later stuff, but like there's a spirit with him that I'll always get down with. Like I, it's him and like, I always dig like machete and and, like things like fun with movies and you can tell, and he doesn't care. He'll, he'll do it because he's having fun. And I love that the most about him and his movies. Yeah. I, I still think Planet Terror it was is so underrated. I think I, I think both both those movies are completely underrated because I think there's a, you and I are and we talk about it all the time like the movies and that with the two movies in that whole scenario it was like you're going like three hours between them and the, like the trailers in between. But like uh, it's I, all I, that I haven't loved a, a, a just a situation more than that and and I, yeah. I had such high hopes for that to become something because that's what they were setting it up to be they wanted yeah. to do it more and more and they're like this is our test and if it does well yeah. we're gonna do this again and it bombed yeah. so and i was yeah. devastated because these yeah. are huge names uh, we love horror and they were trying to bring a whole bunch of amazing filmmakers together and collaborate yeah. like you don't hear yeah. about that from top directors quint tarantino like fuck off this should have worked why didn't it yeah. work man and I, yeah. I i bought it on dvd twice i bought it on blu-ray twice and then i bought it when it came out together like that's how obsessed with yeah. these movies i am yep yep i i uh, there's just so much and like again it's another like it's that small like it, i a lot of people don't like quentin tarantino because the dialogue but the dialogue is what gets me because it's that thing where it, it like it feels connected and down to earth and it's like to real life and it's yes it's, it's long-winded it's, sometimes but it's poetic all the time yep. so whatever yeah yep. it's and dude that's what it, like if the dialogue in the Oak Room didn't work, this movie would have sucked. I yeah. mean, it would have been pretty like to watch and everything like that. But the dialogue, it depending on it being rocky at the beginning, like you're talking about, it gets through it gets all really that. And it gets good. It gets really good. Yeah. I feel like the storytelling yeah. aspect of it was the best part towards the end. I was like, oh, I want yeah. to hear more about that story. And yeah. I was like leaning forward like, oh, tell me yeah. more, please. Yeah. Right. Like, and yeah. I, yeah. Well, like by the time they get the real reveal at the very end of the name at the at the beginning of the Oak Room, like that Steve tells uh, Paul this uh, the name that gets like let or let out, and it's like it it slips on it, it drops that like you see a character go from this cocky kind of like like pissed off asshole to like oh fuck I'm about to die and I'm like. And you go, oh shit! And it's the thing where it's like Steve's character's like, oh no! Like this guy has been like again, he's been holding back his cards, and it's like that he playing up that oh I I can't I I have that 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 little bit of a you know speech and impediment, and I'm I'm young and I'm you know mm. like kind of a you know 
uh, college boy as he is yeah. Paul calls him like a thousand times during the movie and it's like man this all well, you of it you just go that, that uh, a, a small town and uh, someone leaving to go and better yeah. their lives at a college is a like yeah. a, a four letter word to a small town because you're leaving yeah. and everything that that town has known has been in that town and like that like the yeah. father came there and built his own thing and like that's what everyone in a small town does they're doing their own thing and they're helping each other that's yeah. it and if you leave you're abandoning not just your dad you're yeah. abandoning the fucking city or the little yeah. town right and and then they were even and it pisses him off even more because he he flunked out yeah. and then didn't come right back and it's like that that like Oh, this motherfucker thinks he's so much better than us. He goes off to college and then he gets his ass kicked out and then he doesn't come back. And it doesn't, we don't get a real solid like time period of how long he's gone. It seems like a couple of years. Um, but like since he like left, right, he but, said two years or something. You've been oh, was it two years? Like yeah. two, two, and a, two and a bit years or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And you're sitting there going, oh man, it's, yeah, these people don't like him and it, it's funny because it's like that it, you get that thing at the end where you go, Paul, Paul really probably didn't actually call anyone. He just wanted to scare this kid out and to, to tell him to like, maybe he did call someone, but like but whoever Paul called. I don't think, I don't think he did. I think it, yeah. that was the bluff of the movie to the audience yeah. because yeah. Michael was on the way the whole time. And yeah. he said that the other guy was coming to collect his shit. But when he said, finish the beer and get out, that's him saying he wasn't coming. You can just leave now. I was just boosting yeah. my power here, yeah. and I didn't yeah. actually. Uh, I was just bluffing completely. But then it's Michael. But but that's when I. That's when we switched to. But is Steve working with Michael? Is Steve? You know, like was Steve the guy in the back of the bar? Was yeah. Steve like what? Yeah. Is Steve part Steve of the has... Angels now? Like what? <laughs> There's a connection with Steve and Michael, and that's the question. You go. It's. How much does it actually, how deep is it? And how is like, it was Steve in this room this whole time. Like there were this, the, the Oak room when this, this shit went down. And I still think that, I think one of my favorite scenes in this whole movie was when, uh, the black guy was in the, was in the bar and he had told him that Michael had told him the bar, the phone was knocked out because of the yeah. storm and it rings. And he's like, you motherfucker. Okay. He's yeah, like, he's was, like, you, that was a good he's like, scene. He's like, you think you're better than me because it's like, it's the, or what's he called me? You country fucker. Yeah. I forget what he's is like, uh, like, cause he says it in repeat, like Steve tells it to Paul and Paul, like, I'm going to use that. <laughs> you yeah. pretentious fucking country fuck or something like that. Like, yeah, yeah. Small town country. Fuck. It's that was great. The, the, it's funny. Cause like you, you get off, like, you get swerved with these characters multiple times. It just keeps being like, by the end, it's not like it doesn't surprise you, but it's like, oh, okay, because you get switched with Steve and Paul. You switch with Michael. You get switched with, what is the other guy's name? Um, is it Nicholas Campbell? No, Nicholas Campbell is the father. Um, the the black guy in, oh, is, is Martin Roach, Richard. Richard, yeah. He's the one who, yeah, he comes in and he's... Uh, so He's, cut up uh, and looking dapper as hell, man. Yeah, dude, I, I, it, they don't really show it, but it kind of seems like he's in these like fucking pimp shoes, like these really nice, like super nice shoes dude. that that Michael Michael fucking tears into this motherfucker. He's like, you, you wear these shoes. 
And I don't even know if he has socks on. Like, I, I, he might not even have socks on. That's like how fucked up this guy is. And he's like, you wear these shoes because you go from elevator to garage to building to uh, to garage back up the elevator and never actually go anywhere outside. It's like this contempt for these people that are like above everyone else. Yeah. And you're like, oh, and you go. And that's kind of the first time you see Michael kind of like in this timeline. You kind of see him like. Kind you like flip. lose it a little yeah, bit, yeah, yeah, and it's that thing where it's like, again, it's this. St- Steve sits there and tells you like halfway through the movie, like he tells his story and the, like Paul's like that that fucking story sucks, and he goes, oh, it doesn't make any sense unless I tell you the story like the beginning, the beginning of the story. He's like, he's like, why the fuck are you telling me the story like this, you little jerk off? And he gets Paul gets pissed because Paul's like sitting there and like this kid has come back and he fucking annoying the shit out of him and he's pissed off because he wasn't there why for are you telling me the fuck. end of a story do i have to tell you how to fucking tell a story you went to college yeah. you dumb fuck like <laughs> yeah he's like i'm gonna teach you how to goose a story and you're like oh man i know steve steve knows what the fuck he's doing man he's just he's he's drowning out like he knows how long it's gonna take michael to get there in this fucking storm and he's just like draw like drawing the whole thing out actually and yeah i think now because of that and the ending he has to 100 percent be working with michael he knew michael yeah. was coming the entire time and it was just yep. it was gonna take about that much time to uh and he didn't get there and he didn't um because he wasn't surprised when like the like the dude showed up you made it i didn't even put two and two together that was michael's you know hood or whatever like that it was earlier because there's this the whole movie gets sold off as this this other dude that paul called that that steve owes money steve owes so it seems like but they do that thing again oh they do the thing where uh they don't show the person in the car the entire time nice cool angles of his gloves smoking a cigarette in an old school car but it shows the car and the dangling keys and the just all very tight b-roll that is just yeah it's enough to sell this dude as you go it's funny what you could yeah it's sinister with these like shots just not it it's always more horrifying in like horror movies you think about like 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 what was it uh Joyride. You, you ever see Joyride yes, with yes. Paul Walker and yeah, was his, but like they don't see the and they don't Yeah, you see the headlights yeah. and the silhouette of the dude with the stupid trucker yeah. hat. He's fucked. Yeah. But yeah. he's coming after you, man. Yeah. <laughs> and it's that? a thing you don't see you don't when you don't see these guys for like it's that again, your mind goes off to these fucking wherever it goes and you go, Oh, okay, this is uh yeah, this is how we're gonna that's be. Okay, a deep cool, cut, man. Joyride. That's yeah. it. <laughs> yep, that's a reference. Candy cane. Gonna... <laughs> uh, so, I, it's I, because it's the same kind of thing where it's like that. It's not like the whole movie, but it's that thing where that the, someone's chasing someone and they just never show them. And it's like kind of like the beginning parts of 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 thing. Even I fucking hate this movie, but Jeepers Creepers, like where you don't see the creep thing see, when he's chasing I, him for I at the beginning. I loved Jeepers Creepers when it first came out. I I know what it's attached to now, and like I can't get behind that person or yep. anything he's done. But for me and Jeepers Creepers, I just love I Justin hated, Long and like it's a, the the like. Popcorn. I hated the ending. Yeah, I hated the ending. That's what got me. So fair enough. It's it's not satisfying, and I don't even remember. I think. I, I don't even know like I just remember the hole through Justin Long's head or whatever at the end and like I just being angry I don't even remember everything that happened at the end of that movie because I saw it in the theater and I got mad got mad wow. but it's it, at the beginning of that movie like is what I, I feel like is a 
vastly superior movie because they they keep that thing and they keep the creeper in the shadows yeah. and they keep it in like they're like again it's michael michael myers horror 101 you don't see this motherfucker most of the time he's like you see parts of him in the shadows and he's like back 40 feet and like yep. he's not there and he's like when you don't see things your mind goes fucked up places and it's way better um and yeah it and it's, the, the it's, one scene in any movie that honestly affected me more, I think it is because I was super afraid of aliens growing up, but like seeing M. Night Shyamalan signs and just that one yeah. scene where that shadowy alien, alien in the background, back, yeah. fuck me. Like still to this day, yeah. it hurts my neck yeah. with like the hairs on my neck can't raise any higher <laughs> and fuck with me any more than that little tiny blip, like did, man. Yeah. Like it, it was too effective. Yeah. Um, so like it's again it, it's i think that the the thing that indie filmmaking can get itself in trouble with is trying to do too much i think that even little things like i look at i loved snatchers and snatchers was like <laughs> that movie started being a little questionable with its special effects yeah. with the like the, the little thing running on people's head and it did they did they try to do a but the thing was, it was a horror comedy, and so yeah, it and could get away with it a little bit. Yeah, if you throw comedy on top of indie, that's yeah, that's allowing you to show the glue and get away with it. Because if yeah. you don't I mean, have the comedy aspect, the glue ruins all the effects of horror and mystery yeah. and the the darkness yeah. or whatever. Right. And I mean, we go back to the movie that's been mentioned more times than any other movie on this podcast in Psycho, Psycho! Man. <laughs> Psycho Gore Man, and that movie knew exactly, didn't care that it was showing you the glue because it was like, oh, we're, we're gonna laugh as we show you the glue, and you're gonna love every ounce of it. Uh, but that's just, um, again, that's just like Wolf Cop. Like, I think it's a, a thing yep. with like Cinescope or like Raven Banner, just a Canadian uh, uh, understanding of like, I don't know, that like indie. Restriction because we're in Canada, we have those restrictions. We're not in Hollywood. We're not on the other side of that border, yeah. and we got to do with, uh, we got to figure out what we can do with what we have. And it turns yeah. out that I don't know, man. Wolf Cop, I got a signed Wolf Cop toy right there, and a, a sexy Wolf Cop where his skin is shed off, and he's like this, like that's the hunky boy equivalent of Wolf Cop. I'm yeah. I'm obsessed with all Canadian properties that are like that, man. Like obsessed. I need. I need to I need to watch Wolf Cop too. Wolf Cop really two is Wolf. so good. Yeah. I saw yeah, that. In I theaters. need to watch it. I think Wolf Cop was or someone was in the theater at the time. Or I don't remember. Uh, I just yeah. remember they're just too good, man. They're too fucking good. Yeah. So man, I again, I it this movie does start off a little slow, but I think they like you were talking about it. It is pretty much used to build up this tension in this. I think that they do it. I I almost wonder, and I I'm pretty confident that this is tr accurate. That they did that where they started off like that because of the of of the ending and how they were setting up these characters and how unassuming. It's way easier to be unassuming when you start off with these characters, I like the, wish, how Steve and Paul. I just I were. don't feel like anyone would <sighs> that. I don't know. It didn't feel genuine like that's how normal those people or those characters or those yeah. people's characters would have reacted to that in that situation. I felt like RJ Mitty's character would have pulled back a little harder or something 
And that's where I felt like the, it was bad acting towards the beginning because I don't feel like he was reacting enough to the but, sheer amount of fucking insane but, energy that was coming know, at him. Obviously, we know now because of that. But, like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like... If it's he, because he has the cards. He has the cards I and guess. he knows it. And so he's like, oh, this motherfucker could do whatever he wants. But in, like, an hour, Michael's going to be sawing his head off like with a hacksaw behind the bar i i really do think it is that and and maybe it's fair enough now that now that i talked to you about it but i think it was just because i was i didn't know what you don't know what to expect it's called the oak room i don't know anything about it other than the poster having a hatchet and me being excited to see really uh always well lit and well cinema you know cinematography by, produced by these people so yeah. i was just excited to get into it and it, it wasn't getting into it and my adhd was like yeah. get into it get into <laughs> it or something it's you know? kind of it's it's a slow burn man i again i like it, the, the it, this is like silence of the lambs meeting uh like the usual suspect suspects like that there are elements of both these things and like it, it's that it the, the again uh, usual suspects is a crime thriller but the the the, the thing where you're sitting there and the main character, you think he's believable the whole time, and you get to the end, and you go, nope. And it's that same kind of drop at the end where it's like, with just more of a little bit more of a horror vibe, where it's like, because of, just because of that dread, you're like, oh, something bad is about to happen, and you don't get, and you, get you just go, your imagination could run wild with this. And uh, I'm pretty sure yep. that's what they, uh, that's like a, a, a black fawn like thing that they do. Like it, it's a cut short thing. It's like we have the story yeah. up until this point, but we're gonna cut it here because that's like the yeah. the the like the package that they have. Yeah. I think. Or something. Yeah, I and I think that's you. I don't think you need more than that because no, it's like, like lets you off. Yeah, it's you, they like, could you have always... for sure. They could have yeah. made it go maybe like another fifteen minutes and it would have like wrapped up that whole scene. But then it, yeah. it would have left you with the, they would have had to do a lot more it, exposition and blah 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 and and you know, yeah, giving you all the answers. Yeah, yeah. like yeah, they like Steve and Michael run like run off into the field holding hands and picking daisies or something like that. It's, <laughs> or it's breaking you don't pigs' know. necks or something. You know. Yeah, yeah. You're like you're like oh okay, and I like again. It's that thing where. I, I think we don't it's way don't ha- harder to talk about this for an hour because it, at that yeah. point you're like okay this this is what happened okay here you go and now we're like we're talking about what Steve how involved was Steve and what well, was Steve what I, really there well, and I, I, honestly after I watched this movie I thought that it was going to be a hard uh, bite for us because it was really short and there wasn't an awful lot that happened. It is a lot of like storytelling, yeah. but like it is, it is only really like four stories and then the things that are actually happening. So like there's not yeah. a, a, an awful lot to like deep dive into us for us because it is, uh, again, like we said, there the, the use of B roll to add uh, more interesting shots to uh, just over the shoulder. Yeah. Cause it is just two people yeah. sitting at a bar, sitting at a table. And it, it is like almost a masterclass really at how to, make that interesting because that is yeah. it, it, at the end of the day, every movie comes down to that. It's two people talking and that's it. Like every other scene yeah. can happen, but then at the end of the day, it always comes down to a talking scene. So how are you going to do yeah. that? And if you can do that well, which they did yeah. over and over and over again, it's, yeah. it's wow. For me, I always adore these small movies just because that's where my head can go in Canada land or just, you know, for the, yeah. for, 
I like to think uh, about what I can accomplish as a, a, a creative or a filmmaker. Yeah. And I don't like to go outside of my wheelhouse. And I've been taught that over the years, too. If you're going to write, write what you know as well, because then it's accomplishable as well, right? Uh, this and the movies they make are just... I don't know. I yeah. I adore them on such a different Dude, level because of that. I feel like this whole thing was you could have done like for barely more. Like you could have probably shot this in two weeks with a. In the, you're not spending much more than whatever amount of money you had on the camera. Yeah, and then whatever money you shoot on a this was like a single camera shoot, right? It seems like to me, and so you're doing all this on a single camera with these. With like five or six actors in like in two different in bars. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I, yeah. I saw because I, I get excited because I I I follow them on on Facebook, right? So I see yeah. the first day when he's like, "Here we go! I got my coffee and the script. We're starting a new movie." I'm just like, "Fuck! This is so cool!" Because then I, the next day, I get to see behind the scenes of this movie, and I get excited from I... the back end, dude. Like. Every time you list Canada cities, I feel like I'm like you're talking about Lord of the Rings places. <laughs> Manitoba, Manitoba isn't like, a city; <laughs> it, it's a, a province. <laughs> uh, again, magical, magical Canada, a state where the of, of where the, Canada is a as a province. Where the, <laughs> where the moose murder people in the streets, and no, it's the uh, geese, man. You don't have to worry about the moose; it's the fucking geese. Watch a video about a any goose like attacking someone; go- they are fucking Birds crazy, are- dude. Birds are assholes, dude. I, I I own a conure. I understand <laughs> birds are assholes. And my bird just had a, a laid an egg the other day, and so she's even more psycho oh, yeah. right now. Don't and get so, near yeah. my baby. She, oh, she doesn't give a fuck. It's not fertilized. It's just an egg. And so, but she's like, that's my she's egg. Like, yeah, she's just a bigger twat than usual, which is where we get down to. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's again, the the it's. It's really impressive what they accomplished with this. Like, you know, this, there probably 10 actors in this movie, and most of it is, is held by like three actors in particular, with a couple more that are, you know. I'm just happy to see RG in something else other than Breaking Bad, because I yeah. loved him in Breaking Bad, and he was really fucking good in this. And to see him just get to do something else and and yeah. with these people fuck it, i don't know yeah i get excited it's the thing where it's like making him like di- kind of diabolical or like that like you go oh man this dude is he's been this in a dude lot is, by the way i'm looking at his imdb i have fucking not seen any of this shit and he's been in a ton is of he stuff. canadian uh is he canadian also no he's from or did louisiana they just... oh, okay yeah i mean he's again you do breaking bad and you get to do yeah, he's been in a lot of stuff, man. TV series and everything after that. So, yeah, he's dude. It's impressive, like you seeing people with like real life, uh, like you know, issues, and then like overcoming them and using them to their advantage in like movies and stuff. That's cool, man. It's like it doesn't always work. Like it doesn't always happen. You, you see what like happened with Michael J. Fox, and like he couldn't because of his Parkinson's, uh, he couldn't act so anymore. Bad. I was fucking obsessed with Michael J. Fox, man. I dude. I mean. One of the early, I mean, not earliest, but one of those movies that hit me as a teenager uh, was, uh, 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 God damn it, I just, Peter Jackson and the ghost, the uh, Michael J. Frighteners? Fox. Frighteners? 
Frighteners, yeah. I loved and that, that movie, movie, man. I had the poster, that creepy <sighs> yeah. skull poster, right next to my bed by my face. I don't know why. I got it out of a magazine or a comic I, book, and I put it up. That's on my why wall. Josh. That that's why Josh is the way he is. I, I remember like when that movie was in the in the theaters, and it was like the like the three D ish like effect of it. I went to like, it for my it. birthday. Yeah. yeah, in theaters, like I, I loved think, it. Dude, you had to have been about eleven when that yep. movie came out. But I've always yeah. been into horror movies, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know. I know. I'm not even, dude. I was. I wasn't much older than you, so. Yeah, and when they used to not like give a fuck about you being 17 to get into R-rated movies back in the day, they're like, no, it was R. That was R. Yeah, the Frighteners are R. Man, it, that the third <laughs> act of the Frighteners, where you figure out what those motherfuckers did in back in the 60s or whatever, you start going, oh man, this shit is not like. It's pretty intense, man. Well, I guess it is R. Um, Maybe my pa- yeah. my. It was for my birthday, so I don't know. I just remember going yeah. and seeing that. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, Peter okay. Jackson. I want Peter Jackson to get back into horror because, like, yeah, he took. And that's the thing about horror movie horror. It, it is a craft that you get to flex your filmmaker muscles. Yeah. And James Wan showed that, and now he doesn't make horror movies anymore. Like, or he kind of does, but you know, he's more the producer guy, mm-hmm. and he's uh, he's so sought after that he needs to do the biggest budget movies same with peter jackson he flexed hard that he knows what the fuck he's doing in horror come back please peter come back yeah. peter peter Wait. i need to see you do a peter yeah. jackson this is peter jackson please come back to horror please <laughs> i want to dude at some point we got to do brain dead i would love to AKA man. Would dead alive at some point oh, yeah, yeah. What, what do you yeah. call it i always call it brain dead but a lot of people call it dead i call alive. it I think the America it was dead alive. It was brain dead first, um, so I always call it. Yeah, brain dead. and and yeah, um, but we'll talk about that. I I think though I've I figured out what we should be watching next week, and I had talked about it a little bit with you at some point, but I think next week's gonna be the uh, Japanese, what I call Japanese Evil Dead in uh, the movie called Versus from two thousand. Um, versus, or versus. versus Made by the guy who directed Midnight Meat Train. Did you ever see Min- yes, Midnight lo- Meat Train? Yes, I own that one, man. I love that movie, actually. Yeah, it was, it so was pretty good. It's that dir- it's that director in that like uh one the guy is in it. It's uh it should be in two thousand. It's the guy standing there with his back to the on the poster with like a sword over his shoulder, okay. and is dude. This movie is it's Evil Dead as fuck. It's like. Got no budget, but like also, it's like if the Evil Dead had happened right after the Matrix came out, <laughs> and the Japanese is like, it's it's uh. There it's are six hundred and sixty-six portals that connect this world to the other side. That one. Yep, that would be it. Oh wait, you know it's, what I didn't do? I didn't do the synopsis to the Oak Room. I'll do it right at the end here for you guys. During a raging snowstorm, a drifter returns home to the blue-collar bar located in the remote Canadian town where he was born. When he offers to settle an old debt with a grizzly, grizzled, grizzly, grizzled, grizzled. <laughs> A grizzled bartender by telling him a story, the night's events quickly spin into a dark tale of mistaken identities, double crosses, and shocking violence. Yep. You know, it's it's funny because I didn't read that until like I was putting on the movie and I like or like I never wrote Plex, it. I like, just read it. Kicked <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I don't know about shocking violence, but there yeah, it, it's yeah. But I yeah, think, so that's just a log line to help yeah. get the movie sold, and it's a good log yeah. line. So hey, yep. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. 
So yeah, we'll do verses next week. I really, really enjoyed this. So I, I if you can see that, Josh, I want to make. I, I kind of want to see you do a poster for this movie because I, I feel like you could kill this poster, but like I don't know what you would do with it. So, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I if, thing, if you have if you see, I think I would do it and then never stream it ever again. That's what my problem was. I was doing it. I know you audience. don't need to. I yeah, know, but just, like I was doing it to create content, but then I was also putting a spotlight on myself and and giving myself a timeline on it. And I was like, I was making it not yeah. fun for myself. And the fun oh, part yeah, was was just making the yeah. poster. I was trying to yeah. double hat it, and it was making it not fun. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, if I if I can find time, dude, I would love to do that. If you find something, just yeah, we'll tweet it out. Okay. Well, yeah. So versus two thousand, I I did a, a review of this on my YouTube channel years ago, and then like. Re- two years ago or something like that. But um, I'm totally, I really enjoyed the movie. We haven't caught out of Korea yet. So I'm excited yeah. to go to other foreign countries. What? Oh, we have, we have, well, but we haven't gone non-English, non-English out of like, yeah, we've done like South Africa. We've done yeah. like, Oh, right. Yes. Uh, Never mind. Yeah. I'm an idiot. And, and, and no, we did, uh, what else did we do? I think we did. Oh something yeah. Australia else. or New Zealand with my first, the relic. That was, uh, yeah. You know, I I pick indie movies. I I could pick a bunch of Russian weird shit too, man. And like, uh, I, there's some yeah. like, actually, there's a really uh, would that be considered horror? I don't know. There's a lot of weird. I think movies. I, I think of Night Shift and that those fucking movies are weird as shit. All dude. I honestly have to do is go to the Calgary Underground Film Festival page. I think which is going on like this week or next week right now. I'm just I'm so out of the yeah. loop because it's not happening in real life. So I'm not like actively like trying to get yeah. there and stuff so i feel kind of bad yeah. but i'm also not reviewing shit on my youtube anymore either so that's yeah. was the other pull to it so I, yeah. i'm gonna have to look into it but usually the list that they get to bring in because they get to choose whatever the fuck they want they've been a festival yeah. for years and years and years so they get to and uh cameron mcgowan who uh made the that movie red letter day he's the yeah. He's the lead uh, curator for the Cuff event as well. So he has such good taste in movies, and I get to see whatever the fuck he wants to bring into my town. So that's yeah. that's super great. So I, I will let you know this crazy shit that they've curated and come up with. Okay, like, yeah, yeah, let me know. And next week, versus V-E-R-S-U-S. It's I already fantastic. have it. It's all good. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay, everyone. Well, Josh, I think that wraps up, man. Fucking A, man. So, I love your face. I love your face, buddy. Um, and we'll be back here bullshitting next week. We are MurderMoose.com. Uh, our podcast, our Twitter is a Moose Murder Pod on Twitter. We are MurderMoosePodcast at gmail.com. So shoot us an email. Contact us anywhere. Leave us a message on our website and just be a real human being. No, um, yeah. Like, stop trying to sell me shit that I don't need from my website, man. Do you want to... Do you want to be famous, Josh? This is the one I get on Twitter. <laughs> we get on Twitch all the time. So, okay, buddy. Well, I love your face, and I'll see you next week. And bye. That's all. Bye. <laughs>